0: Hi everyone, welcome to Rob Evans 365 day number 97 and I'm out for a walk this morning. Just gotten up, had a sleep in, it's Sunday the day after the grand final which I'll tell you who won in a second and I've just walked past something that's made me think how some things are just set up for failure right from the beginning. and you know sometimes you would hope that logic would prevail and I guess this could be like uh, uh, the way that you eat, the way that you live, the way that you exercise and stuff you could you know if you stand back and you ask those two questions that I always ask you to ask of any new diet. Does this make sense? Can you do it for the rest of your life? Now might sound silly but you know those freestanding basketball rings the ones that have you know some sort of weighted platform and you know you normally adjust the pole up and up and down so as the kids get older and stuff you can take it to full height and and so forth well just walked past one that's set up it's on a corner block Okay, so there's a footpath on both, both sides. Now, they've put this basketball ring right up in the backyard, right up against the side fence where there's a footpath. Now, it's obviously for the kids. What does that tell you? Every time they throw the ball and they either don't get it in the ring or they miss the tiny platform that's at the back, where's the ball going to go? over the fence and out onto the road because that's what's just beyond the footpath I was like why would you do that that doesn't make any sense to me because I took the kids yesterday actually uh, down to the basketball ring near, near us we found a basketball yesterday actually I found it on the, the way back home and um, it was a slightly smaller one so Olivia could use it and we went down and we are shooting and um, like I missed the, the big backboard uh, a number of times and it was a big one compared to this. Anyway, it just got me thinking that there was no thinking involved when they put that up. Anyway, let's talk about the grand final yesterday. Just briefly, it was a really great match. And the West Coast Eagles came out winners in the end by about... Yeah, I think there's only like two points in it, two or three points uh, in it, and it came down to the last. Oh, it was really the last three minutes uh, where it changed. Collingwood was in front, and uh, the ball went down the other end, and boom, they just kicked a goal, and it was uh, pretty much all over after that. So it was a, it was a really good match, and. Yeah, the Paul Collingwood supporters afterwards, it's sad to see uh, the coaches. And what was interesting, and I know that uh, the way that things are edited and and so forth can influence the your, the perception of what's going on, but uh, the every now and then, They, uh, you know, show the camera on the coaches and what they're doing. And the coaches are sitting up in the stands. It's different to the NFL in America where I think they're actually on the ground at player level, uh, which I think is a good place. Uh, uh, But in the the AFL, they're sitting way up in the stands. So I guess they can see the whole ground and how things, you know, play out and that kind of stuff. Well, that's because they play on a much bigger ground um, than the NFL. I'm, I'm not really sure, but that's just the way that it happens. And, and they would swap uh, between the coaches, and they'd show uh, the, the Collingwood coach Nathan Buckley. And every time that they would show him, he was on the telephone. Um, so that phone connects down to uh, the bench where the uh, you know the runners and everything are. And they had run out onto the ground and deliver messages and that kind of stuff. And he wasn't like yelling or anything like that. He was having you know calm discussions on the phone every single time that they crossed to him, apart from once I think I saw that, and that was right towards the very end of the game. And uh, I don't know they would have crossed at least a dozen or more times throughout the telecast. Every time they went across to the West Coast Eagles coach, I don't know what his name is. He wasn't doing anything. He was just sitting there, kind of like elbows on the the table, uh, underneath his chin, kind of thing, and he's just watching the entire time. I thought, isn't that interesting? Now, wh- where's the logic in that? Is his coaching style that, you know they've laid out the the game plan? and it's just about executing it on the ground and there's nothing else to, to do in between uh, or uh, is it I don't know, he, he just wants to let them do their own thing because that's just his style uh, as opposed to uh, Nathan Buckley and many other coaches that you see are constantly delivering messages down to the the runners. Uh it's, a, it's an interesting concept. And certainly you know you have played that game Chinese Whispers, you think, okay, well the coach delivers a message down to a runner. The runner then communicates that out to, you know, a player. If that player then communicates that to someone else, I think, I wonder if the real message actually gets through the, in the way that it was originally intended. Uh so it's interesting. Different styles. And anyway the last shot they showed of him up in the coach's box was him what appeared to be crying with his head down and hands in his a head in his hands. And uh yeah, that was it. That was the Collingwood coach. Uh so you know i was i was hoping that uh Colin Wood would, would win but i guess until you know everybody's story i mean each each team is just as deserving uh, so my my thinking for nathan buckley was this uh an excellent player in his time um he's not that old now but i, I don't know did he retire 10 years ago or something like that and uh he played in I don't know how many they won I think they played in a, at least one grand final um, where they won and their coach at the time was uh, Mick Malthouse and he doesn't coach anymore at the at the moment anyway I guess they come and go and they had you know like a good team it um, you know, seems to take a I don't know a good half dozen Players or something in the team that play well consistently, pardon me, and uh, they were doing well for a long time. And then uh, Nathan Buckley retired and put him into, uh, what do you call it, like uh, he was being mentored by Mick Malthouse for, I think it was a whole season for him to then take over as coach when Mick Malthouse retired. And uh, I can't remember what they did in their last season. I think they, they might have made it to the grand finals, certainly to the finals. They did really well. I don't know whether they won. I can't. It's not up there with it. But they did really, really well. Nathan Buckley comes over as coach Malthouse Leaves and they drop way, way down the ladder. And that happened for a number of years. Where they dropped way down. Uh, and. Uh, who do they blame as soon as uh, a, a team doesn't play very well? Well, it all goes to the coach, doesn't it? Um, I don't know what the reality was of it when, when uh, uh, some players left at the same time. Um, you normally find that these teams go in, in kind of waves of, you know, they might have a really great five, seven years, and then, you know, the, those really good players, they drop off and new ones come in. Etc., and so he's, Nathan Buckley's been copying it a lot for a long time, and it would have been nice to see him, uh, you know, come out victorious. Just the consistency and the persistence in, you know, him knowing what's right, um, getting their their playing team better. Uh, you know, I guess him adapting to his coaching style and and that kind of stuff I got a a lot of respect for him Uh, so it was was unfortunate (laughs) having said that you know it was a good match and the better team wins on the day and it was interesting to listen to some of the stuff they show on TV before leading up to it the start of the game and uh, there was uh, they were uh, interviewing like West Coast Eagles people and just snippets you know like Fifteen-second sort of snippets of what they would say, and I think it was 2016. Um, the West Coast Eagles were in a grand final and they lost, and they uh, were devastated by it. And there was a, whoa, whoa, whoa. There was a dog scared like me uh, there was, I'm guessing, let's say at least eight players that we're showing snippets of talking about the pain that they were in from that loss last time. So what does that pain do? You know, they all spoke about how, uh, you know, after the game and how painful it is to sit on the ground and watch everybody else, uh, you know, celebrate when they've got to think about how they got so close and uh, worked hard all year and that's the outcome that they got. Now you can you can take away a couple of things from that, can't you? After suffering a loss, you can say, "Well, that's it. That's the best that we're uh, the best that we're capable of. That's the best we'll ever do." Or you can say, do "You know what? That's going to just make me hungrier for next time. It's going to make me work harder so that I never feel that pain again." And uh, that's what they spoke about. A number of them. Uh, so. Yeah, they had more, um, uh, you know, fi- final players in their team that were hungrier, I believe. Uh, it was interesting the way that the, the game played out, though. So uh, Collingwood were running away with it at the start, like they kicked like five goals, and um, then West Coast just uh, pulled them back a little, but not a lot. They just kept pushing, pulling away. And then the third quarter, West Coast just took over and uh, got a slight lead. It was a, a draw at a number of stages in the match. And then it was really close all to the old day. So I think all the players can be proud of themselves. They were just upset this morning that they got so close but um, couldn't couldn't bring it home. So, so that was a footy. Now, as you know, I had the MRI and X-ray yesterday. And uh, when I got there, obviously they don't do a lot of scans on because so It was really empty, which is good, I thought. And uh, a receptionist said to me, though, that the, they were having a problem with the machine, so they're running 20 minutes behind. Uh, which made me worry a little bit that what, I hope it's not leaking radiation or something. Um, but anyway, who knows? I didn't feel anything. Um, uh, so I had the x-ray, had the MRI. I uh, bought the scans home and was uh, having a look at those. Uh. I don't know. This is this is why we see experts, isn't it? Specialists, authorities in the field. Like I'm looking at them, thinking, "Oh, is there, is there something wrong there? Is that normal?" <laughs> if you've never had an MRI before, um, it, it seems to just take. Uh, a thin image, then a slightly deeper image, a slightly deeper image, slightly deeper image, uh, right through to the bone. And they do it in different uh, different angles. So with your shoulder, imagine that you, you've got to lie down uh, in this MRI, if you've never had one before, you align this little slab, and you slide your whole body right into this machine. And this scan works up and down the, the spot uh, that's being scanned. So. I had to put my shoulder right into this, uh, what will I call it? Like a cuff, I suppose. Push the shoulder right up into it and then they wedge it in with foam so you don't move it. And then this scan moves uh, all around it at different uh, different level of deepness, I'll say. Uh, so, uh, so I'm looking at all of those and I don't know, everything looks fine according to my eye uh, there's nothing obvious it's interesting to see the bone and what the bone looks like and uh, you know if you ever get a what could i say if you see an old bone you know like out in uh, oh i don't used to play play a lot out in um, my grandfather's old farm and you find old bones and stuff and you look at the ends of bones and you know they've got like little holes in in the tops of them yeah you can certainly see that in uh, in my bones. I've had that in scans before, I think that's all perfectly fine. Um, I, you know, I'm looking at the x-rays, I'm looking at the the scans and I can't see that there's any issues. Um, you know, I'm looking for a little shark tooth or something like that where uh, we saw that in the other other scan. Uh, but yeah, it just made me me think that, you know, just as well we have these experts uh, in this field because I'm sure, you know, when he has a look at them, the, the surgeon, on uh, tomorrow, uh, that he'll be able to look at them and so, say, yeah, look, see here, there's something right here. Uh, and you know, you don't know what you don't know, I'm looking at him, and I'm not knowing what to, to really look for, there's nothing obvious and knowing, you know, well, which part of the shoulder is this, what, what am I looking at there? Uh, but you know they look at these things all the time and know exactly what's what 's what. made me think about like me when i 'm talking to somebody around uh, their uh, their health and fitness regime and their goals, and they can 't work out why they can't get what they want. And when they tell me what they 're eating and what they're doing, I can pinpoint exactly this is why they're not getting the outcome that they want, and this is the same. With where well, he can tell me exactly why I'm getting my pain, normally because remember what I've said before about these scans don't show you everything, and it wasn't until he got in there with his little camera and he could take photos that he could see. Oh yeah, wow! Look at look at this, um, because those issues with the burst they don't show up on an MRI. Uh, so anyway, we'll see. We'll see if there's something there that he can see that I can't see and um, that uh, that all happens tomorrow uh there yesterday uh, kind of covering a few different points in today's call but yesterday uh, i said i was going to talk to you about uh, some of the things that have been going on the last few days uh the uh, so we had some good news with the with the agency and got a new admin person starting uh so another member to the team which is great um the yeah, I guess when you, not just when you run a business, but just in life, uh, things can come along from time to time, can't they, and just um, throw you a curveball or or uh, something uh, that um, just can affect you. And uh, so, let me talk about this one first. So the Ultimate Commando Health Retreat that's coming up, it's next weekend actually. So this time next week, We'll be doing something special. It's it's a part of what we do every every time we go down there. I'll the last, well, yeah, ever since I started going down there, actually. So it's probably I think my first one was 2012, 2013, and uh, most people rate it as you know the most fun thing that they uh, that they do. So uh, that's what we'll be doing this time next Sunday. Uh, but it's, it's a challenge to get people to come to these events. Uh, so I've uh, been doing quite a bit of marketing. And uh, it makes me think for, for next time, I, I don't know, we've just got change to the, change the way it's marketed. Maybe the name of it or, or something. Um, the, uh, the concept of commando style. It can turn a lot of people off. The concept of health retreat uh, can be very appealing to a certain, um, you know, a certain group of people. Um, and even as, you know, if I use those words right now, you listening to this will conjure up certain thoughts. Uh, so uh, maybe I need to completely relook at it and. I focus on just the health retreat side if it perhaps and a little less intensity on the, the workouts um, it's, it's hard to know um, certainly what's you know, What I'm doing at the moment is not giving me uh, the complete outcome that I I've, I've been wanting But over the time that I've been running them the people that have done a couple of them two to three have said that they want you know the workouts to be more intense they wanted more to do with the workouts okay so that's why I went the, the way that I did and that you know made it a lot of fun uh, but anyway so to make a long story shorter I've had seven people pull out of the event uh, in the, the last week now this is an event that traditionally I run with 12 people uh, or more, but 12 people that stay the night or two nights uh, down at the event because we hire two two rooms. I, I would hire more rooms if there were, uh, if there were more people, but 12 seems to be a good group because of you know when we do workshops and stuff, we normally work in one room, and uh, more than that it becomes really really tricky. Uh, yeah, so seven people and you know similar things happen each time but i haven't had this many people pull out at the last minute so what do i mean by pull out so people have said that uh, you know they will uh, come to the event uh, but they're just waiting to confirm some details with work um, uh, you know with leave you know that type of thing or, you know, getting babysitters to, to look after their kids. You know, that, that style of thing. And, uh, yeah, so a couple of them have been, uh, let me just think, two lots have been couples. So if you think uh, a couple, that's so that's four people. So that's four beds. Um, you know, that's two-thirds of an apartment. Uh, so i've had uh, those pull out and um, i had another guy uh, pulled out uh, for work commitments and so forth Uh, so uh, you know i've I've had um, so many pull out uh, that were planning on staying uh, for at least a night or two and uh, you know the most expensive part for me apart from my time in running these weekends is the accommodation. It's not cheap to stay where we're staying, especially with these three bedroom apartments. So it's about covering, you know, covering the cost of, of the accommodation. And, you know, when you have seven people pull out, and the, the others were, uh, you know, people that were, um, are gonna come down on the Saturday and stuff. So. Uh, The more people that you have for some of these events, it just increases the, I suppose, the range, the flexibility of activities that you can do. Uh, It makes it more fun uh, because when you've only got a couple, it makes doing those tasks so much more difficult (laughs) uh, because you're not sharing the load. Like some of these things are physically taxing. So there are now some things that I won't be able to do. Uh, Because it's just too physically demanding on, um, you know, so few people. Uh, So, yeah, really, really frustrating, really annoying. Um, You know, people that tell me that, uh, Yep, I'm definitely down for it. And uh, then, you know, like they've done it to me last time and said, yeah, definitely this time come up with an excuse this time so it's just not quite right for us now but definitely next time to some people said I will consider it next time uh, it it makes it really really tough for me I've tried marketing it straight after the last event uh, but because they're about six months apart you know people aren't prepared to commit generally uh i think i'm going to have to have a rethink around my strategy to say how do we get more people there next time because you know we've gone from it being a, a completely uh overbooked event uh, to now uh, on friday i've had to make a make a call uh, the night be uh, sorry the week before uh, is to cancel one well i can't cancel it because i've already paid for it but i have to postpone Uh, one of the rooms and pick a date for next year when I can use it so I've done that, I've already selected the date for next year which will be uh, towards the middle to end of, I think it's the 22nd of March next year so that I don't lose all my money on that and uh, yeah we're down to to one room so six people and still working on getting some people to come down for the Saturday Uh, so yeah, incredibly frustrating. I mean, what is wrong with humans, really? I've had uh, maybe more than seven, it might be eight people that have, uh, you know, been really keen. Yes, um, you know, shifting uh, my work and shifting my weekends around, etc., so that I can make sure that I can be there. And uh, then just at the, the final hurdle, and it makes me. You know if I look at those individuals and uh, think about you know what how are their lives going Like, how do people run their lives i mean i am I'm very loyal I'm very committed uh to you know if i make my I'll set my mind to something uh then i will I will move mountains to i uh, get it done so I'm very loyal I don't want to let anyone down and uh, uh, if I say that I will do something, it gets done. And uh, yeah, I look at where I am and what I'm achieving in my life, and then I look at these people that have, have said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, oh no, absolutely, yes, I'm definitely down, etc." And then when it comes, it comes to the final push, uh, each one of these people have failed to follow through. Uh, now, why is that? Uh, when I look at these people and I think, well, you know, if it was a beer festival, Oktoberfest, like over in Germany, or if it was, uh, a, you know, like a car rally or something like that, just thinking about the different, different people that have pulled out, then they would be there. Uh, but for whatever reason, people determine that uh, these things just aren't that important to them. Uh, It will cause them too much pain to do it, Um, you know, too much anxiety to participate in the event. Um, You know, some people uh, legitimately couldn't get the time off work and just started at work, uh, new jobs and that kind of stuff. Uh, But, you know, it it, it makes it really, really frustrating for me uh but you know we we push on but i i don't know people just frustrate me just you know commit commit each one of these people apart from maybe one i would say have uh issues with their health and fitness and i would say that those those things flow through into their life i generally find that people that do not commit to their health and fitness um, they have other issues in their in their life that stop them from doing things um, you know it's because it's not it's not their body it's their mindset that stops them from achieving what it is that uh, they should be achieving and they would really want to achieve it's, um, it's just disappointing and that's ironically one of the the things that I find people get out of uh, the commando weekend, and that is resilience is one of, the, uh, one of the, the key core values that we have for the weekend. And if people um, you know, came to the weekend, that they would see how they need to step up uh, in their life and make things better. Uh, but anyway, that's that. So what does that mean for the actual event? Well, it's still going to be an amazing event. Uh, I guess it'll just it'll be more intimate uh, with the, the people that I do have coming. Uh, I've got um, I someone else that said that they would to come. Uh, and this was as early as uh, Thursday last week. Said that they were definitely going to come. They were just um, finalising one of the days of the... Uh, yeah, in terms of babysitting I think it was and then they were going to come now this is the same person that has said the same thing for the past three years and hasn't made it happen so I am not confident at all that this will happen uh, so anyway we'll we'll see we'll see what happens uh, but the the activities themselves uh, will still be fine they're obviously going to be different um, well, I'm I'm gonna do the same the same activities. Uh but when there's you know fewer people then it's gonna make them dig a lot deeper because there's fewer people to share the share the load. Uh so we're gonna have some fun down there anyway. It'll still be a great event. I'm just uh I just wanna kick some people kick them into action. Yeah, so